Here. Mr. Fritz. Here. Dr. Hadier. Here. Mr. Douglas Hudson. Here. Mr. James Hudson. Here. Mr. Layfield. Here. Mr. Keaton. Here. Dr. Statler. Here. Mrs. Wright. Here. This is a special board meeting and we do have a quorum. First item on the agenda is old business 2.01 referendum. Dr. Bunning. As you all know, we're ready, we're getting ready to go to referendum again on the 2nd of March. We've been working diligently. Uh, Dave has PowerPoint slides ready to share with you this evening. We have had a um, series of things that we've, we've published. We have a one-pager that we've been asked to, uh, by parents uh, to have ready. Uh, we have them in both Spanish and English. Dave has done frequently, frequently asked questions that we're able to not only hand out, but we have them posted on our website. We're doing a lot more with information on our website. We had a very very enthusiastic crowd last week on the 12th. Uh, a group of parents, we're calling them referendum ambassadors, uh, two, at least two from each school in the district. And they came together to brainstorm ways that they could help us pass this referendum. They had great ideas. They are very willing to do whatever. And I understand they're doing a lot on Facebook to promote the referendum. In fact, I think they have a separate uh, Facebook page just to promote our referendum. So we, uh, we have things that are in the works. Uh, we are trying to drop by all PTO meetings and speak very briefly about the referendum, not going through the whole set of slides. Uh, we do know that a couple of parents, for example, some parents at the School of the Arts have put together an eight slide, real um, abbreviated version that would be particularly interesting and appealing to parents. Uh, just a brief recap of why we need it, what we've done, since we um, have been through the audit, who can vote, that type of thing, and what will happen if we do not pass the referendum. So there are lots of things going on, but the board hasn't had an opportunity to discuss how we might as a team be preparing to get that word out. Uh, we haven't had a conversation, for example, about do we hold any public meetings. Uh, we've been doing a lot with the press, but we haven't uh, talked about those public uh, performances or um, presentations and anything else that we might think would help us reach more and more people to get those extra 21 votes that we need. So that's why we're uh, here this evening to talk about what our plans are as a board to make sure that referendum goes through. We do have the slides ready if we will, I think we're going to have to relocate. Dave, we need to relocate to our seats down there, correct? We don't have it on our computers. It's not on our computers.
The average homeowner uh, in our district has a value for his home on the market of 199,000 to 229,000. So um, you're going to hear us refer to that average person. Go ahead, Pam. Why it's needed, uh, this is basically the same um, information that we shared before. Uh, we have a tremendous growth in our district. Uh, we would like to be able to hire all the teachers to which we're entitled. We have a very great interest in keeping our students safe. We also need it for uh, technology and textbooks and so forth. And we are, the bottom line has been added because the state itself has a, uh, a grave financial challenge this year. And there are various cuts that are going to be made at the state level. We needed this before, but it's an obvious thing now that the state is going to have to have some significant cuts. In fact, from education, they're talking about $15 million in cuts. And the uh, possible cut that we might need to face is, for example, a sharing of 80% 80, 80 from the state 20% from the district uh, for transportation as opposed to right, what we have now, which is 90% uh, from the state and 10% from the district. In fact, the paper reported last week that the outgoing governor has proposed a 70-30 cut, which would be very hard for Indian River since we're so, so wide. We cover 365 square miles. So we'll see what happens to that budget. But we do know that school districts and the Department of Education will have to come up with a sizable amount. The figure that we've been hearing is $15 million. So that's going to mean the state is going to be giving us less money, which means we're going to need to come up with more money locally. You may go ahead. These are slides that you've seen before to document our increased uh, student population with more students. We have more needs. We need more teachers. We need more textbooks. More, more kids, more things. So that's, this is a, a slide, as I said, from before. We explain that to anyone that we see in the public. You may go ahead. This is a, a figure, a set of figures that would go with our, uh, our slides from the other, um, the first, the previous slide. Additional students come to us each year. That qualifies us for additional teaching units. And you'll see we've been steadily growing uh, 200, uh, the 2014-15 was our biggest year, uh, but we still are growing at a sizable rate. And we and Appaquinemec uh, are the two districts in the state of Delaware that grow most rapidly. Some years we're the top one, some years it's Appaquinemec, but it doesn't look like we're going to slow too much. In fact, since uh, September 30th, which is our official count, our district is up about 300 students already this year. You may go, Pam. Dr. you said that September 30th. Yes. Of 2016. Yes. We have increased. Approximately 300 students. Mark, have you taken into account lately? Yeah, that's, that's still standing back for about 300 students. Well, so going into this year, we were at 296 student, new students in the district. Right. Going into this past fall, September, September 2016. That was from 2015 to 2016. Yes. That's our official count. And then after September 30th, we have an additional 300 students. Yes. So if you were to include the number of new students in our district for 2016, you would add 
300 to 296. We have nearly 600 new students into our schools since September 1st. Right? Since September of 2015. Sure, uh, pay him back one slide, please. I don't have my clicker to me. The one after that. And these are September 30th official counts. Yes. 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 720 is usually the number that they give for the size of a good elementary school. So the facts are there. We continue to grow. Let me do it a different way. We have to have an official count that the state recognizes on September 30th. During the school year, we usually do increase. And then sometimes over the summer, things decrease a little bit. But, yes. So officially, that's what we you know, should be stating. But just to prove our point that we are continually growing, we do watch. Okay, we can go back any time that you wish. But this is the you know the information we try to convey to the public. Go ahead, Payne. Reductions that we made for this year, uh, we do mention in this slide the concern that we have about the education budget having to be cut. The state of Delaware has to have a balanced budget. So somehow they're going to have to come up at the state level with a balanced budget. And we know as school districts and the Department of Education that that is going to have an impact on our budgets. Uh, we, we are guesstimating, if it's 15 million, that it will be about 900,000 to our district. We're hoping it's no more than that, but that's a million dollars less coming from the state than we had anticipated. Okay, Pam. We've talked before about what will happen if the referendum doesn't pass. Um, you know, we'll have to consider cuts uh, in programs, safety programs perhaps. We'll have some discussion tonight about other types of programs that we might have to say we can't continue with these. Uh, we know that we're going to have to reduce our staff, but we also know that we want to have very, as well, the last measure would be to cut our classroom teachers. Uh, so we're going to have to think about what other kinds of personnel and what other programs can we cut if we don't pass the referendum to make our ends meet. We don't want to lose our staff, we don't want to lose our programs, and we can avoid much of that by getting this through. Okay, Pam. If we went across the board with a 10% cut, 
And as we mentioned, the last thing we want to do is to cut our teachers in classrooms. But this gives you some idea as to the numbers of different kinds of people. Um, we already non-renewed five administrators, and you'll see later that we already have five administrative positions that are empty. So literally, we're down 10 admins for next year right now. Uh, we have to make that decision on administrators by December the 31st. But you can see how it would impact secretaries and custodians and food service personnel, paras and teachers, just to give you an idea of what, if we went across the board, we'd be looking at as far as positions. You could be talking about 150 positions, and that will have an impact on the local economy. Go ahead. Here are some of the things that we've done to save money. Uh, we already have left five administrative positions unfilled. We've cut more for next year. As I mentioned, we've closed Ingram Pond for a year, hopefully just for a year. We have re reduced our discretionary budgets, and we are not traveling. And people go to Dover to meetings and trainings, but we're not going beyond that, unless it's a very unusual situation like an AP teacher that has to be certified. Pam, you may go ahead. Thanks. Here are some of the things that we've done since we had the audit come out. We have um, a very experienced, well-reputed director of business. Uh, she's taking a look at all of our internal controls, our policies, and so forth. Uh, we also have absolutely prohibited the sharing of any passwords uh, for people who are in the state's financial system, the FSF system. Um, and we're going through um, some ongoing training for the financial staff so that they are cross-trained and they will always be able to know exactly what the next person should be doing. So that's an extra check on what happens in the business department. Go ahead, Pam. We've also changed some of the ways that we, uh, we've added information to the sheets that employees annually get uh, to show what their uh, their status happens to be, it will state both the years of experience and um, their step. That's a part of our, our way of compensating uh, the system the state has. We have reduced mileage and reimbursements. We have a little, a little tiny fleet car that some of us can use and some can't use, uh, but it does save on the mileage reimbursements by our district staff. Um, we have a policy or practice now of taking all administrative salary adjustments uh, to the board for approval and they will be stated. We'll give a lot more detail in board minutes about things that have to do with compensation. Go ahead, Pam. Uh, there'll be greater discussion, as it's mentioned. Um, in our minutes, we are we're being encouraged to put more, more and more detail uh, into mi board minutes about all types of things. And we also try to make it publicly known that we have a finance committee meeting on the second Monday of each month at 7.30, about 7.30. It follows the buildings and grounds meeting. And that we very much encourage the public to attend. We used to have a lot more public uh, in participation than we've had in more recent years. So this is something that is open to the public. And that's a time when you can ask questions, you can have great discussion, uh, you can engage some people in explanation and maybe arguments, but it's, um, it's a working meeting. It's very different from our business meeting. Go ahead, Pam. So we go into the current expense part of our, our referendum. We before had stated the three distinct areas, and our total is still about $7.35 million increase. 
Go ahead. Student enrollment, we talked about our teachers and paraprofessionals and the need for supplies and materials for our additional students. And this would be the result of 33 of the 49 cents that we're asking the public to support us with. So that's a $4.95 million increase out of the $7.35 million. School safety, we have reduced, it used to be 10, 10 pennies out of the 49, now we have eight pennies devoted to student safety. You can see the positions that are linked to our funding and it costs us about $1.2 million a year to do the improvements to our buildings and to have our school resource officers and our school safety monitors uh, in place. And also there is the provision of radios and cameras, both on buses and in schools. Card readers, we have the swipe card system to get into our schools. So all that is part of our safety program. Go ahead, Bing. Under student services and support, you'll see the things that we mentioned before, technology and the software licenses, the textbook purchases, funding for student clubs uh, when they need to, uh, to compete or to have uh, some provisions, and funding for other services that would impact, impact students, including transportation. And that transportation concern stems from uh, the, the rumors, as I mentioned earlier, that they're going to change the formula uh, to something other than 90 a 90-10 split with the state and local share of the transportation costs. So we now have 1.2 million or eight of the 49 pennies for a referendum going to student services and support. A cost analysis looked at a different way. Here it is on one page. You can see the 7.35 million and that would be the local portion that we're looking for. Go ahead, Pam. So the property tax impact would be 49 cents on that $100 of assessed value, which translates into $95.41 per year for the average district property owner. Broken down by pennies, you can see the 33 cents, 8 cents, and 8 cents. Same total amount, but a slight difference in the safety, two pennies switching over to the student services. If you break it down by month and day, or week and day, you can see how much that would become <coughs> for that average homeowner. We are the lowest, we have the lowest school tax rates in Sussex County currently, and if we were to pass the referendum, we still will have the lowest tax rate, it's on the next slide here, the lowest tax rate, back it up one, okay, thank you. That would be our rate with the re referendum passage. So we will still be the lowest in Sussex County. Okay. Overall tax impact. Um, this gives us an opportunity to talk about there are three pieces of your tax bill, parts of your tax bill that you really don't have any um, say about. The current expense is the one that you can vote on, and that's the one we're talking about in this <coughs> referendum. We take the opportunity to explain what tuition tax covers and how we adjust that annually based on the amount that our students have uh, needed for the services they've received in the previous year, and we have to ascertain whether those same students are going to need the same services. But it covers everything from academic challenge to the consortium to ILC placement uh, to Howard Tiena's placement. Minor cap is for repairs, and the state gives us a portion. To their 60%, we have to pay 40%. So that goes up and down depending upon what the state is giving to us. 
and our debt service amount is what we're paying literally for our mortgage. We're paying off the previous construction projects that we might have. We're still, for example, paying part of this school building and part of the Neen River High School. Uh, the additions that we just put onto our schools, the 38 classrooms, will be part of that debt service cost for the next 15 years anyway. So a reiteration at the bottom, it will be $95.41 for the average uh, homeowner with the assessed value of $19,472 and you can see the $199,000 to $225,000 market value for that home. Go ahead. Uh, here we explain that in the past few years we've been able to decrease the tax amount coming from the three things that we said we could, we could control, the board controls but the public doesn't and we drop it whenever we can. We've been able to drop that amount by a total of 16.5 cents in the last couple, the last three years. And that's a savings to our average district taxpayer of $32.13. Here you see it broken out over the last three years. Go ahead. We try to help everybody uh, if they're going to calculate their own tax increase. If you know what your assessed value happens to be, we give you the directions for calculating uh, your bill. We also have a system right on our website where you can put in your assessed value and calculate it for you. We have put that on in the last couple of days. Go ahead, Pam. We recommend, if you don't know what your tax assessment happens to be, here is the website where you can find out. We also recommend you call the hotline and Jan will help you figure out not only how to get your information, but she'll help you, she'll help you figure out what your tax bill increase will be. Go ahead. We also have learned uh, that there are, are people who don't realize there are tax assistance programs. And so we have very carefully described the tax assistance programs and how to get information about it to see whether you qualify for these. There's a property tax one. Go ahead, Pam. There's the senior, the state senior citizen school tax credit. There's also the property tax one for disabled residents. And again, you'll see phone numbers. And here's the exemption for residents over 65. There's always the information that you need to see if you qualify and then a phone number where you can get extra information if you need it. And this one has to do with Sussex County property tax subsidies. So for some of the people who are very concerned they're on fixed incomes and they're elderly, they're very possibly is a way for them not to be paying much of a tax increase, if any. We've talked about going to some senior centers and presenting our, our case, but also actually helping them apply for their tax assistance. Um, Jan's in conversation, I think, with uh, the county representatives who could help them do that. Go ahead, Pam. So the official ballot looks like this, minus the red check mark. And you can, again, see that it's for student enrollment growth and school safety for eight cents and student services and support for another eight cents, totaling 49 cents that we've been talking about. We hope to give them plenty of information about when and where. We have postcards that have the same information that we have already printed and uh, the board members will have a little stack of them given to them tonight. We also have advertised that if we have inclement weather, something that's 
dramatic enough that we would have to cancel the referendum on March the 2nd, that we would be holding it on March the 16th, which would prevent our having to start this process from scratch and go through 60 days of this and 40 days of that as far as the notices that we have to go through. So you have the same schools. We did have an inquiry as to whether or not we would be able to make Sussex Central High School polling place. Um, that is not in the Department of Elections um, budget for this year. And they are in total control of where we have the polling places, who works the polling places, the hours, and all that type of thing. So we're going to have to go with the same six schools that we had previously as our polling places. Go ahead. We try to really emphasize who is eligible to vote. Uh, some people don't realize that you do not have to be a property owner. Uh, you don't have to be a registered voter. You have to be 18 years of age. You have to be a resident in our district. This has to be your primary resident, and you have to be a US citizen, and those are the only requirements. You do have to have proof of ID and your residency when you go to vote. And there's information always that we have ready to give out about how to get an absentee ballot. We do have affidavits at our schools, uh, but there's a process there. You have to sign the affidavit, put it in the mail. They will send you the ballot. You have to fill out the ballot, put it back in the mail. So there is a deadline as to when you can actually go through this process, or you can go to the Department of Elections until noon on March the 1st. So we're hoping that our voters will come out in force and vote for our current expense referendum on March the 2nd. That is the hotline number, Jan is always at the other end of that hotline and can answer any question that you possibly could have about this referendum. So we're open to suggestions. Our PowerPoint gets modified a little bit um, when we show it to people, if there's something that's not clear. Uh, the PTOs, as I mentioned, have created a shorter version that's just, um, I don't wanna call it quick and dirty, but you know, it, it's just the very, very basic information. But part of the heart of this comes from the explanation that goes along with it. The slides are posted on the website, but I think it helps if people are able to get some explanation around the slides. Comments? I want to thank Dave. He is the heart of all the paperwork and the slides that get done for the referendum. It's really quite an effort. Jim? Okay, Jane, do you want to address that? Can you hear me? They mentioned that we might need a slide very specific about how much money we would be short before we do the slide about the 10% cut. Um, it, okay. It's not about the 10% uh, uh, across the board or the number of positions that the district is short because the public always hears uh, 
the, the when districts are talking about referendum that they're going to have to get rid of so many teachers or get so many positions. The reality, it's not about positions, it's about the dollars. And I think that's what we need to portray, not necessarily an example of 10% positions across the board, but the dollars that are uh, going to be short, which in turn is going to mean positions right. being discontinued of, of, of whatever combination. But I think that's, that's what needs to be portrayed to the public is the, or the, uh, the dollar shortfall. Yeah. Um, and basically, ahead. I was going to say I've worked on that because it's at the board meeting on Monday night, we'll approve a financial position report that estimates our income expenses through June 30th. Um, so I kind of went forward with that and did a very quick estimated budget for next year. And if we don't pass it, um, we have to cut 13 million from our budget. That is a third of our current budget to survive. A slide, okay. rather than just position, because I think that relates to the public. Plus, I'll also say this, a lot of perception with the public in past school referendum, our district or others, it's often used air time that will allow positions, we'll get rid of these positions. It's not a scare tactic. I think the dollars are a lot more right. rather we, than just simply positions. We actually, even if we pass it, we have to cut five million from our budget. Um, because this 49 cents is wonderful, but to get where we need to get, I need 60 cents. So it's going to take several years of us cutting our budget back to be able to build up our reserves. One of the questions we have for you all this evening is, we talked about a total figure, but that means programs as well as, as possibly PBS. And we, we need you to have some discussion as to what kinds of, I mean, do we say we're going to cut back on athletic programs? We say we're going to cut EPA positions. You know, where, where are we going to think about some, some cut of person? So your point is want to, to let the public know that we have, to, we have to make a certain, we have to reach a certain figure. How are we going to do that? I'm all in favor of regardless referendum passing or not is us reviewing our expenses and looking at any waste that can be cut in positions that are really unnecessary. I think that's a combination with Brenda. Our, our salaries alone are two-thirds of our budget. Um, so it's hard to cut your budget by a third and not have it affect salaries in, in some way. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay, I'll work, work on that. Jane, I've, uh, I've spent a lot of time uh, over the holidays and everything going to different coffee shops and stuff and talking to the public and asking them, what do you want? Okay, the biggest thing, there's, there's a lot of ideals, uh, a lot of different things that people want to do. The number one thing that I hear is what is the board, not the administration, not the superintendent, what is the board going to do to prevent this problem from ever happening again? 
and I think we really need to dive into that and come up with some good constructive ideals. That some of them are fine, but I think we really need to dive in because the people expect us to come up with a solution to prevent this from ever happening again, and I agree with them. And, and in defense of myself and, and the other 19 business managers in the state of Delaware, um, we've had three times that it's been an issue since in the 19 years that I've been involved. Um, and two of those happened to be Patrick Miller. Um, the other one was Laurel Bill Hitch. Um, you, ha you have to have trust in the system working. And at the board meeting on Monday night, I'm going to do a presentation on just how things work in the business office to show you that it is not easy to circumvent the system. Um, we are, we are making some changes in the business office, so people are um, kind of doing each other's jobs a little bit, so no one has um, total authority over one piece of the puzzle. Um, but you do, you do have to trust people that you hire for the position. And I mean, Right, right. And, and other than management of the department, um, I need the board or the superintendent to come up with a way to verify that trust. I don't. We, oh, I was going to say, because we do get audited annually. Right. Right. I, personally, I would say if, if you're going to go in that direction, I would have an independent auditor come in. We yeah. don't need a full-time person sitting in the office. If we're going to have a full-time full person, then yep. I want somebody to help me. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think, that, and I, and I think that's fine, and we can you know, look at the cost of that, and I think that would help the public, knowing that we're doing an independent audit mm -hmm. of ourselves on a... Uh, if you want to do it yearly or bi-yearly, however it's decided, I think that's important. Um, I, I would like, while I've got the mic in hand, I'd like the, the members of our media here tonight in clear, fine print, let the public know we don't have a say on who's prosecuted. We, do, we don't decide who the state of Delaware decides to prosecute. And that's one thing I'm hearing is why aren't you pressing charges? We don't have that say. I want to call Matt Den, the Attorney General for the State of Delaware, and ask him 
why he's not pressing charges. This is one way we might have to We thank you. Uh, we'll get that ready and uh, we will post the new version on the website and have it ready for anyone that we need to go out and speak to. I guess we can go back to our seats. On the one slide where you, you go into the, you talk about the cuts. I mean, it's not very clear that, you know, if this doesn't pass, how many teachers, like on the one slide you go through what you're cut, and the teachers are last, but then you go to the next slide and you got the teachers first, that you're gonna have to cut 90 teachers. I mean, that, that to me was easy to that. Mark, would it help if we reversed that, uh, put, put it the other way? Well, I mean, like the, what the statute said that if it doesn't pass, you have a $13 million deficit right away, short next year. I mean, that would be the first thing I'd start with. I mean, I, mean, I have no idea that's the case. I mean, so you get $7 million extra dollars, you're still $5 million short for next year? I mean, well, I mean, two grand, but, you know, I mean, you know, it's probably average thing to me. I mean, I don't know who's average, but mine goes up two hundred and five dollars and sixty-five cents on the one house, two hundred and eighty-six on the other. So I mean, you know, my house is three times average. I mean, I, I don't. I mean, I don't know where you get that average number. I, I, yeah, I mean, I don't. You, you are going by the assessed value. I'm going by the assessed value. I mean, I, I, I called today and got. I got my bill right here. Assessed value on my house in Fenwick, forty-one thousand nine hundred and fifty bucks. I paid a thousand eighty-one dollars and forty-seven cents this year, so it goes up by two hundred and five dollars and sixty-five cents. And my house where I live is assessed value is fifty-eight five. And it's two hundred eighty-six dollars and sixty-five cent increase. So I mean, you know, the average that you can afford the increase. Maybe you know I don't know. But that doesn't do me any good. And you tout the, the, the retirement thing, and you, you know, you're, you're, you're only exempt for $500. And if you go with the average person, according to your numbers, they're already paying $500 in taxes. So they're paying 100% of this increase. So, I mean, you know, it just kind of looks, in my eyes, it's just, you know, like you're not really. But I mean, I, I would, the, the 13 million number is the thing I would. I mean, I had, no, I had no idea about that. I mean, I consider myself more informed than probably most of the people that are out there. Um, you know, and, and I mean, that's, that's a big hole. I mean, in, 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 see, where I'm coming from, I, mean, I look at it, that, like, I have a house in Felmont. 
There's four kids that get on the bus that go to your district in the town of Fenway. And the way of my math, that there's over 700,000 coming out of just town Fenway. So it's 100 and I figured out it's probably about 140 or $150,000 extra for the town, for the residents, people that own property in the town of Fenway, for four kids. I mean, it seems to me that you know, my, you know, we're paying our fair share over there. I mean, and I have no skin in this game. I mean, I don't know if any of you know me, but I don't have a kid in the district. And, and both my parents were teachers, so I'm not like in here as somebody that's just trying to be a, a pain in your side. But, you know, it's just, it, it, it you know, the, the, I, I don't know where the problem is. I mean, I don't understand where the, where all, I mean, I see the growth, but I don't know that the growth comes from, most of the people that are coming here are retirees. I mean, where are all these kids coming from? Because I, I don't see them. I mean, that, that really is a that really is misinformation that a lot of our radio stations like to put out that it's all a retiree community and that's not the case you can go in the long neck area millsboro area georgetown area and it's it's growth with people with kids some of the retirees have kids moving especially in the long neck area of kids moving down to them it's also the majority is not hispanic growth either it's it's all demographics that the district is is growing to think it's just a retirement community that that's just not the case with sussex county it really is not maybe in maybe in the eastern side of yeah. the of the county but the rest is is really not okay <clears throat> mr tingle this is the process that we have to use it's state law this is what we have to do we have no authority or to change anything we just have to do this My next, my other question would be, when do you need new schools? I mean, that's probably coming next, right? I mean, oh, yeah. mm -hmm. yes. Yeah, I mean, how long? A year? I mean, if, less. If you're growing 500 kids a year, you're adding elementary school a year. You're going to need a yeah. school in a year. So you're going to need a new school every two years. I mean, you know, I saw what the Middletown just passed their referendum. I mean, it was like. It was a big number. It was like a hundred million dollars, wasn't it, or something like that? I, I thought I read. I mean, are we going to get hit with one of those we, for schools? Well, you could see on the tax rates. Look at where Milford. Middletown. Mid, middle middle I know, but I didn't right. see it on there. Yeah, I saw Milford. But, like, but look, yeah, look where Milford and Laurel yeah. are charging right now. They're double, yeah. almost double than what we even charge for. And, and yeah, where does it stop? Yeah. Okay, we have to we have to move on. Um, I wasn't aware that Mrs. Steele was going to give a presentation. Okay. There's another Charles question in the crowd. One more question. I didn't want to do that. I didn't know he was going to speak up. Hi, I'm John Cavanaugh from uh, Long Neck. Um, I have just a couple of points. I've seen a slide before of the, of the cost per student compared to the other uh, school districts in the state. My recollection was that Indian River was one of the lower um, costs for students when compared to other school districts. The reason that's important to me, it shows me value that you're able to educate our students, uh, you know, like uh, um, 
well compared to the cost of some of the other uh, school districts. So I saw that someplace in the past, and that may be a, a value here also. And one of the things I'm a little confused about, you don't need to respond to this, but you know, is any part of this increase as a result of anything that was identified in the state audit? And you keep getting, I'm hearing about the state audit and other <coughs> issues, but you kind of wonder whether any of this cost increases as a result of it because you know, when I see the cost of, uh, of uh, salaries going up, that's going to happen every, you know, every year or so regardless of, uh, of what, you, uh, you know, what happens, happens here. Um, I also uh, I, uh, I wonder whether there's value in talking about hiring and retaining teachers because the ultimate end game here is if we don't um, have competitive salaries for our teachers and staff, then they'll choose to go elsewhere. And then it's a downward spiral on the quality of our education. And I think that that's a point that needs to come out. Yeah. Um, it's almost as if, if I just looked at, you know, what is for every percent increase in salary and benefits, you know, what does that cost, cost us in a year? That probably takes care of a big part of this. So anyway, just a couple of observations I had along the way. But thank you. Mr. Cavanaugh, usually as we present, we talk about uh, how in the last couple, for well, the last three years, we've invested $1.2 million in school safety. That's the annual cost because that's totally local. We also had a delayed uh, or a slowed building process. And so our last construction uh, initiative resulted in about $3.5 million more than we had planned when you start this process five years before. And we, uh, we had to take that out of local funds. We also have increased our, um, our staff because of our increased number of students. And Jan told you that a huge percentage of our annual budget has to go to the salaries for our staff. So putting that all together, that has made a significant dent in our local monies. You, you posed three questions, and I, and I think it's important. We don't normally have this interaction with the crowd, but I think with the referendum coming and what we hear from the public is that they're wanting to hear answers. They're wanting to hear explanations. And just a snapshot uh, from one board member is your, your answers to your questions in reverse order. We are in a competitive market for our students, and we are an award-winning school district, and we are wanting those students to come to Indian River High School, to Sussex Central High School, to come within our district. So it is a competitive market. So that's what we're looking at. And the cost per pupil, I think that's great that you bring that up. We're able to educate these students and give them a quality education at a lesser of a cost than what other school districts do. And your question about the audit versus this referendum, did one cause the other? This referendum is almost identical to what we went to referendum for in November. We modified a few delineations of where pennies were going to go, but it was the same amount. We're not trying to make up for lost money from the audit. The audit showed problems that we had within our district that was being led by our current chief financial officer, and all of us are accountable as a board, and like the superintendent said, but we are not going to referendum because things that were pointed out in the audit. We were going to referendum for the right reasons for the students in this district, and we're trying to explain that. So I appreciate you bringing that up, but I think that offers us some clarity. This audit and the problems they saw with the way money was being managed, 
doesn't have anything to do with why we're going to the public to ask for more money for operating expenses. One other point on that, and that is that we have been working on expanding the school buildings and the number of classrooms that we have for the better part of a year, year and a half. We were aware a year and a half ago, two years ago, that there was going to be a shortfall. So all of this has been planned well, well in advance. It's most unfortunate that it all happens at the same time. But that's not something we could have planned on, and people do criminal activity if that's what it is. That's what, what would have happened. Um, and as Mr. Layfield says, we're not making up any money. We're only talking a couple hundred thousand, but yet we're going back to, you know, referendum for several million. This has all been in the process for many, many years. <coughs> okay. Mr. Barley. Go ahead. What, what Rodney said, I think maybe a couple slides might help. One of them being how much we, our, our students per pupil that we're providing. I think that's, <coughs> I think that's a given. We ought to put a slide in there showing the different districts and what we're doing. The other one, maybe be since it came up tonight, we, we always talk about average taxpayer. Maybe we should have a, a slide that says, if your assessed value is this, this is how much it would be. If your assessed value is this, and kind of have three or four or five on a scale so that people can quickly identify where they might be. That's a thought. Instead of going the average all the time, because you know, that is an average, that's not going to apply. So people may not understand. I, I can see that point. So. Do any other board members have anything they want to say about referendum? I want to make it clear to the public as well, too, that at least my opinion is, besides, in, a, in, a, in addition, including the referendum, that I still want to strongly look at expenses and how we're spending money. I'm going to make that clear to the public as well, too. That's at least my viewpoint on it. I'm not willing to just have the referendum and still the same spending without a review of it to make sure it's correct and there isn't any waste that needs to be, you know, cut. It sounds like that's going to happen if we're $5 million short. Yeah. That's going to happen anyway, yeah. it sounds yeah. like. Absolutely. And even if we're not, if you don't find the waste, there may be things, programs, for example, that we have to eliminate or temporarily close down for purposes of getting through. We have to make choices. Anyone else? I started to say, um, I didn't realize that uh, Mrs. Steele was gonna give a presentation on Monday evening. I wanted to ask someone tonight if they would make a motion about uh, what Mr. Uh, you know, Mr. Hudson over there was saying, you know, previously. <clears throat> it seems like everywhere I go for the last two or three weeks, I get the uh, same questions about what is the board going to do? And again, it doesn't have anything to do with trust with the district or anything else. It's what is the board going to do? And I uh, got a suggestion from a previous board member who said that what we should do was to get our own independent auditor. I think it would be very, very well in the community accepted that way if uh, they realized that the board was taking a step forward and saying this is what we're going to do to prevent this from happening again. So I won't uh, say anything else about this further tonight, but after the presentation from Mrs. Steele was made on Monday night, I would like to have a better discussion about that. So does anyone else have anything they want to say about referendum? The only thing, Mr. Fritz. Uh, well, I don't know whether included with the referendum, but have we uh, 
publicly uh, denounced this uh, second to the last paragraph in this uh, letter to the editor in Cape Gazette, because I do not believe that either you or Mr. Layfield secretly approved to pay Mr. Miller another $52,000. I don't believe that ever happened. Maybe you could read that last paragraph, and maybe I could give a, uh, a simple... Uh well, as it goes on, and anybody out there, I don't know if you've read this letter to the editor from, and, and this kind of irks me, so whoever's writing for the Cape Gazette, I would hope you would uh, publish uh, a retraction and uh, opposite uh, truth, or not opposite truth, but the truth. Um, so this is from the Education Co Coalition in Frankfurt, basically to Matt Den. Bottom line, ask him why isn't he... Uh, uh, investigating and uh, uh, prosecuting uh, Mr. Miller, our former employee. Then it goes on down. Second to the last paragraph says, on the heels of announcing another referendum in March, Mr. Byerly, um, wait a minute, third to the last. The actions of Mr. Miller have done untold damage to the University School District and her children. Their integrity has been shattered. The community has no faith in the board any longer. The school board has, has insulted the entire community in asking us to support a referendum as they allow Mr. Miller to retire with full pension and compounds the insult by paying him $52,000 to end his contract. Well, that's false, and you can repudiate that. On the heels of announcing another referendum in March, Mr. Byerly and Mr. Layfield secretly approved to pay Mr. Miller another $52,000 <coughs> since they have money to just throw away they don't have a need for a tax increase. This final action has told the community they have no regard for the opinion of the community and they will do as they want to do. Uh, thank you. Maybe to add some clarity, um, it's great to be open to the public, but we can't talk specifically about employees. But if we have an employee that is a long-tenured employee, they may occur as a state employee vacation and sick time balances that they are entitled to. And if an employee were to ask for those um, to be cashed out along with their retirement, we would follow the direction of our attorneys because we are not able to withhold those <coughs> from an individual employee. And this is congruent with a lot of the way state government is handled. This, is, uh, uh, this would be uh, in the direction of the HR department, also our attorneys. And I don't think anything would be secret. But then again, I'm not talking about a specific employee. I'm just explaining if an employee were to have an amount of money that they were entitled to from their vacation and sick time, to withhold that could cost the district more money in a lawsuit. So not talking about one employee, but I think it's important to see that there's nothing secretly done. And I think we've, we follow the practices that our attorney gives us. So I, I appreciate a chance for clarity, and hopefully we can do that to the, in the future. I know a certain person in the, in the country now is running straight to Twitter, so they cut out the middle person and getting information directly to the public. I think this is along the same lines. If we hit something, I think it's a good opportunity for us to be upfront and honest. I think the word secrety, uh, secretly is disingenuous. I don't believe that myself or Mr. Barley secretly did anything. But I don't even know about these, uh, this exact amount of money. But I can say if we had an employee 
that was entitled to those and we withheld it, we withheld it I think the lawsuit might be triple that amount. Thank you. Okay. <clears throat> Need a motion to uh, table administrative positions until after executive session. Second. Second. Motion made and seconded. Any discussion? All in favor of the motion say aye. Aye. <coughs> Opposed? That is unanimous. Now we need a uh, motion to go in executive session. Two minutes. Motion Second. made and seconded. Any discussion? All in favor of the motion say aye. Aye. Opposed? That is unanimous. And we're now in executive session. Thank you for bringing it up. Uh, we need a motion to approve the letter that was discussed this evening to Indian River Fire Company. So moved. Seconded. Motion made and seconded. Any discussion? All in favor of the motion say aye. 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 Opposed? Okay. Need to poll the board, please. Mr. Yes. Mr. Collins? Yes. Mr. Fritz? Yes. Dr. Hattier? Yep. Mr. Doug Hudson? Yes. Mr. James Hudson? Yes. Mr. Layfield? Yes. Mr. Peden? Yes. Dr. Statler? Yes. Mrs. Wright? Abstained. The motion passes by a majority vote. <coughs> uh, everyone needs to sign this letter before we go home tonight. Under uh, administrative positions. Okay, I'd like to make a motion on employee 2017-1 to serve as interim uh, superintendent through June 30th. Second. Motion made and seconded. Any discussion? All in favor of the motion say aye. 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 Opposed? That is unanimous. Okay. Before the business come before the board, the meeting is adjourned. <laughs>